Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Vodka Melonade. I know, I know, I missed last week. I missed last week. I I had every intention of just pushing through my busy weekend last weekend. Um, well, really just had a busy Saturday and kind of a hectic week leading up to it. But I, I just, you know, I just chose, I just chose rest and I don't think I could ever really feel bad about that, but I do, you know, hate skipping a week, but when it is for the sake of recharging, um, you know, I, I just kind of do what I have to do. Last weekend, I spent some time with my two cousins, uh, Nep and Christian, and it's, you know, the older me and my cousins get, you know, the less opportunities we have to be in the same city all together to hang out and the opportunity just came up um you know because of nap he's he's an actor and he's primarily on the east coast usually Uh, my cousin chris he lives in vegas now uh, for the last few years so we only see each other on the holidays if that so um, my cousin Christian had this idea for just me and him actually to go to Universal Studios. Um, he was going to come into town and we were just going to make a day out of it. I'd never been. Um, it's just not something that's ever really been like high on my visit list. But uh, my cousin, you know, he, he made it sound really fun. So I was like, sure. But then it just so happened that my big cousin Nep, he was going to be back in town for that exact weekend my cousin Christian originally got a um, ticket from my mom but she decided not to go so we just you know handed the ticket over to my my other cousin so we made a complete day of it and I got completely wrecked it was just such a busy long day like tacked on to a long work week already and I was just like damn now first of all I'm a Disney girly (laughs) I mean any day of the week if you're like hey in this hand you can get a Disney ticket in this hand you can get a universal ticket I mean you can put anything in another hand as far as like theme parks and experiences in California go and I'm almost always gonna pick Disney um but you know we decided to shake it up you know my cousin got the tickets why not um, but I was like, I did my research before cause I didn't know what to expect. I feel like over the past, like I've avoided Universal Studios because it just seems like, I don't know, like the rides seem okay, but I'm not a big fan of like animatronic stuff and like, I don't know, like the rides just didn't seem that appealing and everyone was like oh you have to go and see like the little tour and see Jaws and you have to do this you have to do that and you know so just all week I'm just like looking up all the rides that are there kind of picking out the things I may want to hit um I was kind of excited to see the Harry Potter Hogwarts area um definitely love Harry Potter so I was excited to see that um so you know I I just kind of tried to map out because I was unfamiliar so I was like well I don't want to wander around aimlessly I want to kind of have like a plan of attack right so that's what I did all that week leading up to it so that I felt like I was 100% prepared and knew what to expect um and then I mean the day that we went it was literally the first day of July it was like one of the hotter days that we've had so far since summer started of course so I was kind of like (laughs) like just dreading that Um, And for good reason, it was definitely pretty warm. It wasn't like unbearable. I mean, when it gets hot in LA, like it is pretty sunny and and warm, but it's not like humid and like you can't do anything. But, 
you know, I'm a fall girly, winter girly. So being out in the sun all day, it was just, it was just not really my jam. Um, and I have the awkward tan to prove it. I, you know, definitely was about to wear my good wig to the park. Um, and I assumed we'd be getting on like water rides and I'd be like sweating and stuff. So I just put on one of my go-to wigs and put a scarf on, but being out all day in the freaking sun, I have like this tan line going across my forehead and it's just so embarrassing and I don't wear makeup to work like I don't wear makeup unless I'm going somewhere nice or like a date or something so it just looks so weird and it just completely branded me and marked me for just as a reminder of that day (laughs) so yeah it was a pretty hot day and I'm like of course we picked this day to go but it was fine I mean it was pretty crowded um and I wanted to get there first thing in the morning but you know my cousins weren't really having it my you know Chris came in from Vegas the night before like late like after 11 so I didn't want to put that on him Uh, my cousin Nep was like I can't do 8 a.m because that's what time it opens and I was like all right fine so we all met at my place I drove we went it wasn't too much traffic which was great I mean I didn't realize how close it was to me it took us like I don't know, maybe 20, 25 minutes to get there. We go, we definitely paid for like preferred parking. Cause I was like, I'm not, I could, I just knew at the end of the day, we were going to be tired. I was like, I don't want to trek miles and miles to get back to my car. So we got a pretty good parking spot, um, almost right at the entrance. And, um, we got our day started. <laughs> it was, it was jam packed. It was kind of overwhelming. It was very different walking around Universal than say it is, you know, Disneyland. You walk into Disneyland, there's like that familiar smell of popcorn and churro and Mickey Mouse in the air. (laughs) You know, there's like, there's things sparkling and you got the familiar music being pumped through the park and, you know, the parades are going by and it's just, it's just so nice and nostalgic. It takes you back to your childhood. But then you go to like Universal and we're walking through and everything is just like, it's just like polar opposite. You got people dressed up like Homer Simpson. You got people in Harry Potter cloaks. You got uh, people dressed up for the new Super Mario World that they have over there. Um, And it's like not even the kids. It's the adults. When you go to Disney, you'll see kids dressed as like Princess Jasmine and Cinderella and, you know, Nemo or whatever. You know, usually it's the kids. Everybody else, they may have, they have like, of course, their Disney gear. And then like a lot of people wear the ears. Like I wear my ears when I go to Disney. But at Universal, there's people decked out in full on like Super Mario onesies. And I was just like, okay, like, and then everything was like all mixed around. So you go to the Harry Potter world and then but you see all this Super Mario stuff. And then you go to the Super Mario area and you got people walking around looking like Hermione. And then you go to um you know the little simpsons area and you got people dressed up like in transformers gear and then sprinkled amongst all this you see people who brought like disney stuff with them so it's like they have disney backpacks disney t-shirts and it was just kind of like an overwhelming visual experience and it wasn't cohesive and like cute and magical like at Disney so I definitely didn't like that um just from like you know like I said a visual perspective it was just a little a little chaotic (laughs) for me um I mean obviously you're not there to like look or whatever but that was just like the first thing that I noticed and I noticed a ton of people walking around with beer every stop you go to there was just like you know beer available for sale which I thought was kind of interesting so and I know you can get alcohol at Disneyland too in certain areas so I wasn't like surprised that there was alcohol but I mean there's just like grown men in line for the rides just chugging beer and it was like oh that kind of tracks for Universal I guess (laughs) the first thing that we got on was the studio tour um 
So we made like a beeline for that area because I heard that's like a great little ride to get your feet wet if you've never been to Universal to kind of give you an idea, um, you know, what the lot is like because it takes you through all the the movie sets. Um, they show you a lot of their tip, like their tricks that they use to like show something flooding, uh, make it rain. They show like this huge green screen where they shoot a lot of their um like big budget action um, scenes that involve water and you know just anytime they need like a huge background um, but I guess they need it to look like outside um, they showed you know there's like a lot of interactive 3d things that they have which was a little alarming to me because I didn't know what to expect um, but a lot of it was really really cool so it's like you have the conductor up there um, talking on the microphone giving all the information they spliced it with um, you know Jimmy Fallon like clips of him giving a little information and doing his like bits or whatever which was kind of cool but um, yeah, it was really interesting. There was like an area that was like War of the Worlds. So there's like a big ass, like literally a plane that they brought in and it's like split in half. There's like smoke and abandoned houses. You have the area where it's like the Old West, um, like one of the more old, like the, like some of the older sets from, you know, like old Hollywood, which is really interesting. Um, they showed the area where Desperate Housewives was filmed. Um, a lot of the areas, like the metropolitan big city areas they showed. And then it was cool because you'd be looking out the side of the tram at the movie set and then on the little tv on the tram they'd show you what scene was filmed where you're looking at so that was pretty interesting um I'm sure a lot of you have been before but to me it was brand new so we you know you go there was like the little jaws area that freaked me out I got some footage of me like literally like oh my god there he is <laughs> because just animatronic stuff like that just freaks me out I don't care how old and rickety it is it just freaks me right out and then um there's like the little area with Norman Bates um with Bates Motel and he's like carrying his mom out and putting her in the trunk like it was just it was funny um um, the first thing that freaked me out, though, was, you know, they take the tram into this dark, you know, enclosed studio area because then you have to put your 3D glasses on. So you go in and it's like pitch black and then the screens are like surrounding you and you get the tram gets locked into place and it starts rumbling and shaking and you're looking out and you see King Kong fighting a dinosaur and it feels like they're fighting right on top of the roof of your cart. So it was just it was just a lot and I didn't know what to expect. So <laughs> Um, once we got through it, it was pretty cool. But before we went in, I, it's, you're just looking into this pitch black, dark tunnel. So I was kind of like hyperventilating before we went inside. I'm such a chicken. So I have some video footage of that too, which was hilarious. But once we got through it, it was okay. Um, but I just, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know it was going to be that like submersive. Um, I thought we were going to be just like watching stuff on a screen, like in daylight. So um, they had another similar area for Fast and Furious, which is the same deal. You go into the the tunnel and they close it and it's 3D. Put your glasses on and you see all the characters from Fast and Furious and you go through this car chase scene. That was pretty fun as well, um, I have to admit. All in all, the whole tour was like over an hour, which I didn't expect either, but it was really informative. It was really cool. It was a nice way to get the day started. The only annoying part was there was this belligerent drunk guy who was sitting a couple of rows behind us. He was being so obnoxious. He was clearly drunk. We're looking at our watch like, dude, it's freaking 1030 in the morning. Like you're already hammered. Like the park's only been open for a couple of hours. What is wrong with you? Because he was like yelling at the characters. He was like, you know, yelling at the screen like, hey, yo, Jimmy Fallon, like, like as if he was there really with us. And he was complaining that the, the, the tour was taking too long. And he was like, is it over yet? So that was a little annoying. And I'm like, in my mind, I just kept thinking, okay, this wouldn't fly at Disneyland. Like the mouse would never let people just be screaming on a ride like this. <laughs> so I was just, I was definitely comparing everything to Disneyland, which I know there's no comparison, 
but in my mind I was just like yeah that they wouldn't allow this in the, in the mouse's house at all um yeah so we did the tour we didn't do a whole lot um but we definitely hit up harry potter world we didn't get on anything but we tried the butter beer which was really tasty um it was kind of rich so i know i didn't finish mine all the way because um, it was just it was just a lot it's like a big ass intense root beer basically root beer float so it was just it was just kind of a lot on a hot day like you kind of just wanted something a little more refreshing less sweet so I got it because you know you have to and I love Harry Potter but I definitely tossed it um but it was just it was it was surprisingly smaller than I imagined I thought the Harry Potter world was going to be a little more expansive but I mean, you can damn near see the end of it from the beginning of it. So that was a little disappointing, but it was still kind of nice. Just, you know, if you're into Harry Potter, it was just nice to be kind of in that world for a few minutes. So <clears throat> that was pretty cool. Um, we did, what else did we do? We got on the Transformers ride, which is basically just like a moving tram kind of thing really quick movements and it's 3d so the you know meg is megatron whatever those things are called they're, they're like all in your face and you know they're trying to help you get through this thing and i don't know it was just it was just really action-packed <laughs> uh we went to the super mario world um we could just could not get on anything in there it's the newest attraction i mean the lines were posted saying it was like 120 minute wait like we were just we were just not about to do that so uh, but it was again i'm a super mario fan um love the games i play them to this day weekly you know if not daily um so it was nice to see what they did with that but it was pretty pretty chaotic in there so we just stayed for just a few minutes just to look around um and then i think the one of the funnier things we did was uh get on the jurassic park ride but the wait for that ride oh my god it was like an hour and a half you're in it was just brutal waiting in that line it was the last thing we did that day because it was just like we we just got to get out of here I mean and then you wait all that time to get on a ride that's like three minutes long but I mean it's fun while you're on it but it was just I mean that line and I noticed everything we got on and waited in line for people were just I mean there were so many funky musty teenagers whose parents clearly are not enforcing deodorant or not enforcing enough of it um to Nep and Chris didn't notice but to me people were just unloading farts in line and I think they were thinking like oh we're in a crowd people aren't gonna know it's me so they were just like letting loose and it was just so disgusting and I'm like again they don't do that shit at Disney I've never had that experience, you know, I don't care how out of a day it is. There was just so many funky, nasty people, so many like people who just were like clueless and had no sense of personal space or boundaries. And it was just, it was just really uncomfortable being in that line in particular. The ride itself was interesting. Again, the animatronic thing freaks me out this one has like the biggest scariest looking ones because they're literally t-rexes right so and it's a water ride so at the end there's this huge drop and it's kind of like splash mountain at disneyland but there's this huge steep drop mind you we're in the front and it's funny because in line um my cousins were asking me like well where do you want to sit and I was like I just don't want to sit in the front but by the time we got to the front of the line to get on I was just so exhausted and ready to put my ass in a seat that when she asked like oh um do you want to sit in the front I was like yeah sure so we just ended up in the front anyway because <laughs> I didn't want to hold anything up or have to wait or anything so we sat in the front this huge steep drop it it's crashing into the bottom where the water is I mean, the whole front of the cart, it felt like it was going to flood with water. We got slapped in the face. I genuinely felt like we were being waterboarded. I swallowed so much disgusting water, and I'm so glad I didn't get sick or anything. But it was so much water that by the time we, like, settled and started docking to get off, I burped. 
that's how much water I took in on that ride I guess because you're like screaming and then the water just floods your mouth but oh my god it was fun but we were soaked we were completely soaked I mean head to toe water filling up my shoes shirt soaked leggings stuck to my ass like it was just it was really intense and I was like after that it was like okay are we ready to go because I I think I think it's a good time to go because it was like maybe it was like after four o'clock or so so we did a good what we got there like around 10 like a good six hours in the park I I think that's a pretty good amount of time considering some of the rides were closed down. I know Nepocris wanted to get on the mummy, but it looked like they were having some technical issues, so they couldn't get on it. Um, a lot of the other rides, you know, the wait time was just astronomical. And we were just like, no. And we had plans to go to Korean barbecue later on. So I was like, let's just go home, get out of these wet clothes, relax, and then go to dinner. So um, we that's exactly what we did. We got out easily which I do like because I know at Disneyland it takes so long to get out of the parking lot especially if people are leaving around the same time but um this took no time at all next thing you know we were on the freeway heading back to my place so um we hung out here we went to um one of my favorite Korean barbecue places near my house and well actually (laughs) I was gonna take them to this place that has like um it's kind of like a hipper cooler really late night spot that's open till 3 a.m and they play like cool music um with the Korean barbecue but the wait time we got up to it it was like an hour and a half and we were just so over waiting so we just googled another place and I was like oh we can go to this other place I usually go to it's just not as like lively but it was fine we ate some delicious food can't go wrong with kbbq um we talked we hung out and it was just I mean overall it was a really nice day I you know I dropped off my cousin um nap at his airbnb and then I um took my cousin Chris he was staying at my grandma so I took him there and then we hung out and talked a little bit but I didn't get home till like two in the morning so I've been up since you know eight thirty nine did all the driving, did all the walking in the hot sun, um, ate a big meal to, you know, drove some more. And then I came home and for some reason I came home and then I did dishes. I cleaned my apartment and I was going to record the podcast, um, just to get it out of the way so I could just chill on Sunday. But um, I, I, I don't know, after I did all that other stuff, I just said, I'll just lay down for a minute. Next thing I knew it was the next day. And I was just like mentally exhausted and just felt like I just needed the day just to recoup. So I say all that in the last 23 minutes that I've been speaking <laughs> to say that that's why I was pretty pooped. And that's why I skipped last week. Um, and you know, um, I'm not sorry, not sorry, because <laughs> I definitely needed it. Um, yeah, I definitely needed it, but it was really fun. It was really fun. And, you know, I always love spending time with my family, always love spending time with my cousins. We are what our family calls the OG cousins, um, cause we have two younger cousins who are, uh, they're seven and 10. Um, so they came along after all of us were like in our 20s. So, um, you know, we're, we're like the OG set. And then we got a couple of bonus cousins as well. But um, yeah, love spending time with them. It was really, really fun. But we're back, you know, back to regularly scheduled programming. Um, I can't make any promises that I won't skip episodes in the future because I'm sure it's going to happen, but I've decided to give myself grace and allow for that to happen. So I hope you guys give me a little grace, um, when I post that, you know, I'm going to be skipping a week and just, you know, come back with me the following week. Um, 
yeah, I always love when you guys tune in. And I, I do like when I post, you know, that I'm skipping and then I get messages like, no, oh my God, no, why? Um, it, it makes me feel bad, kind of. <laughs> but at the same time, it makes me feel good that like people are looking forward to my podcast because, you know, I don't I've been doing this for like a little while now. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I still wonder If I'm sounding interesting, if I'm, you know, sounding funny to you guys, if you guys like listening to me, if I'm just running my mouth for no reason and people are just over there rolling their eyes like shut up like I don't know. But when I do get those messages, it does make me feel really good and it's really motivating. So we're going to keep this train moving for sure. Maybe some pit stops, but we're going to keep moving. (laughs) All right, let's talk about Kiki Palmer. And what's going on with her? If you're not familiar with Kiki Palmer, she is an entertainer. She's an actress. She has been in the game for a very, very long time. She is a child star, really. Um, She's been in a lot of movies since she was young. She had her own TV show on Nickelodeon called True Jackson VP. You know, she's matured and done other projects, but on other TV shows, she can sing, she's done music, she can dance, she's really a triple threat, okay? And all that aside, just from like seeing her interviews and things like that, she just seems like one of the most uh, down-to-earth, real um, celebrities that I've seen. Like, she just seems like she would be like the best friend to have. She's super, super cool. She keeps it real. She's unproblematic. She stays out of mess uh, up until the last week or so. (laughs) Um, And she just seems, she just seems really just, she, her star has been burning bright for so long, but I feel like as of late, she has been just on another level and she just really stands to have a really long promising bright future and career and I just love that for her you know I mean black Hollywood is just very lucky to have her Hollywood in general um but I just I'm a fan of Kiki Palmer for sure so you know if you're unfamiliar with her as of late or just in general she had a baby um not too long ago um she had a son um with her partner um not her husband or anything but her boyfriend um her boyfriend is the brother of another actor who's a little more known um I know he was on Insecure and some other projects um I guess he's an actor too I didn't really know too much about him um until she started dating him um I only paid attention because she's pretty she's like one of those celebrities who's an open book Um, she'll tell you a lot about herself, but she's still relatively private. And up until then, at least to my knowledge, she had not really been public with any of her relationships. So when she popped out with this guy and then popped out saying, you know, we're having a baby, it was like, oh, wow. Okay. But you kind of trust her judgment, judgment. She's not one of those celebrities who pop up with a new, you know, love interest every other week. So it was like, okay, so you're kind of taking this guy seriously. You know, it seemed like um, pregnancy really like just suited her. She seemed to just be glowing. She seemed so happy. She had the baby and she really just took to motherhood. You could just really tell that it just like, I don't know, like elevated her as a woman. Like she just really leaned into it. It seemed like I don't know, like that baby really just like lit a fire under everything that was already lit. (laughs) And, you know, she just, it was like she suddenly was everywhere. It was like people were just like, just loving her. I don't know. So anyway, she, um, I should say before I talk about the incident that Kiki Palmer has always been like a relatively like slim uh, uh, woman. Um, and, but after the baby, as it happens, you know, your body changes, you gain a little weight, but this baby really, I mean, she is a brick house now. Okay. She is curvy. She has the boobs. She has the butt, you know, it was like that baby was like, I got you mom and put all the weight in all the right places. Right. So she really filled out and she's really leaning into it. And she's, 
you know, she just, she's dressing sexier and just more mature. I mean, she's 29. She's on the cusp of 30. It just seems like she's just transitioning into this whole other realm of womanhood. And, you know, her baby really did her body good. So she's out there. She's outside, but she's looking great. She's keep, you know, she's, she's still her, you know, and it's, it's nothing wild, but you could just tell she's really embracing the change mentally and physically that having a baby has brought to her life, which I also love that for her. So recently she went to a um, Usher concert in Vegas. You know, he has his residency and a lot of celebrities go to his concert. And when they do, you know, he'll uh, spot them in the audience and he'll go and he'll sing and, you know, interact with them or whatever. So this isn't new, but Kiki Palmer was there and he went up to her. She's looking fab. Um, he's singing to her, you know, they're kind of like, I don't say they're cuddling, but he like gives her a hug. He's like, you know, what's up Kiki? Everybody's cheering for her. You know, she stands up. They're kind of, he has like his hand around her waist. They're rocking back and forth. He's singing the song, you know, she's feeling herself. You can see there was drinks on the table you know I'm sure she was pumping and dumping that night but she was just having a great time so they're singing she has this dress on it's like a black sheer number and she has like a bodysuit that's kind of like a thong so like yeah her cheeks are kind of out you can see it in the silhouette but it's still it's like a a, a long sleeve form-fitting long black dress that's a little see-through yes so you know her bust is you know busting <laughs> her cheeks are cheeking but it's it's nothing to like blink or sneeze at it wasn't anything crazy he wasn't grabbing on her inappropriately she was just you know with her girls looking great you know she's spinning and posing and singing along like all of us do when you go out and you have a good time so she's doing her thing and that was that everybody was just loving the video it was so cute um it looked like she was having such a good time usher looks sounds great it was just a vibe so her boyfriend her baby daddy um apparently he made a tweet saying um he retweeted a post about that night and he said that outfit though you're a mother right and when I first saw it I thought he was I gave him the benefit of the doubt I thought he was kind of being funny like 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 wow you're a mother and you look that good damn that outfit wow and you're a mother I that's the tone I thought he had but then he doubled down because <laughs> the people were like questioning what he was saying and then he doubled down on it and it was like okay no he's serious so he basically was saying how you know he's a man of morals and as the as the head of his relationship not marriage not household but the head of his relationship he's like yeah you know I just want my woman to you know, not be out there looking like that and the mother of my child to be dressed like that. Um, you know, basically just saying that mom, she's just mom shaming her and saying that she shouldn't be dressed like that. And basically she was out there embarrassing him. So people, I mean, he got annihilated on Twitter. Okay. People were just ripping him to shreds. Of course, you have some of the dumb guys and the pick me girls who were like, oh, I, you know, I know what you're saying. You know, she was doing too much, blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, anybody with like neurons and, you know, people who believe that women don't become nuns after they become mothers, <laughs> we were, you know, just kind of reading him for filth. And it's like, first of all, you're with Kiki Palmer, like, you know this is a no-no to go on and publicly make a statement like that to try to embarrass and humiliate her we're all gonna come for you because Kiki Palmer is so unproblematic she carried your child even if you felt this way I mean we can't tell you how to feel but maybe text her <laughs> instead of texting all of black twitter I mean, I don't know what he expected us to say. Were we going to, did he expect us to go on a witch hunt for Kiki Palmer and, and shame her alongside him, which is weird because why would you want to bring that to, you know, your, your woman? Why would you want to bring that energy and negativity to her? 
Um, but I don't know what he expected us to do. It was very, very strange. So, you know, he's fighting for his life in the comments. He's, I mean, it was just a, a bloodbath. And he ended up deactivating his Twitter. He de- deactivated his Instagram, I believe, for a little while because it was just getting out of hand. He did return. Um, and then when he returned to Instagram, he deleted all of her photos. He still has some obviously with him and his son and stuff, but he had some with like him and Kiki Palmer cause they've been dating for a little while. And then they had the baby, all that is gone. So he's obviously petty, um, and in his feelings and it's just really disappointing. And then it's really a, a grave mistake on his part because the internet is a wild, wild place and People like to dig, um, you know, I mean, and this guy had been under the radar for a while. I don't think any of us really had a reason to dig too much into his past. But when he made those comments, you know, people started, you know, getting curious, like, hmm, has he always been like this? So they started doing a deep dive of his old posts. Sure enough, he had some very, very um, insane things to say about a lot of hot button issues. One being police brutality. Um, he had been tweeting during, um, times where black people, you know, were in the news for being killed by the police. And he was basically making statements saying, well, if they had just complied, they wouldn't be dead. Why do, why do people resist arrests? And then, you know, expect police not to do that to them, which is crazy. Um, he also, I saw he made a post saying he understands why billionaires, uh, beat their girlfriends because bitches are stupid and just a myriad of other things, things related to like the KKK, things related to just, just racial, racially charged things, misogynistic things. So it was like, oh my God. And of course these things weren't like super recent, but some were like 2015 to 2017, like, and this is where this gray area is. Cause it's like, I, I don't think any of us, um, can say we haven't said something stupid, said something ignorant, said something immature when we were younger or just at any other point in our lives, people change, people grow, um, you know, you can believe one thing for a long time and then your perspective can change. But, you know, that digital footprint, <laughs> talked about it a lot, that digital footprint will really stick with you. So you have to be careful what you say. Um, but of course, nobody cares about that gray area. Nobody cares about change when you have offended the internet <laughs> and then people dig up things like this. That's all they need to crucify you. And that's exactly what people are doing. And it's sad because in this woman I saw on TikTok, she made a really good point. She said that what he did initially um, probably could have been worked through between Kiki and him. You know, I think I, I don't think what he did was um, well, the first thing he did, the post, he kind of went left when he started deleting pictures and stuff. But the initial comment, I think that could have blown over. And maybe she stays with him, you know, maybe they work through it and they want to be a family and they talk about it. Maybe he was just in his feelings and whatever. Fine. But now that all these things are unearthed about him, it calls into question the type of man that he is. And subsequently, it, it brings questioning to Kiki and her character and why is she with someone like this? So now she decides to stay with him. I fear it's going to kind of tarnish her reputation a little bit because the actions of men fall on the shoulders of women a lot of the time. So it's like now when they're out in public, they're not looking at him like, oh, he's misogynistic. Oh, he mom shamed her. I mean, yeah, they're going to remember that, but now they're going to look at Kiki like oh, she's staying with someone who mom shamed her. Like what is wrong with her? She needs to dump him. She needs to do this. Everything is under a microscope now. And it's, I think that a lot of people are going to look at her sideways and she's going to be, you know, blamed for staying with someone who's like that. Cause people want men like that. They want their head on a platter and they want the woman to just completely leave him automatically. 
and I'm not here to say what she should or shouldn't do. He is the father of her child, but I mean, they're not married, which is a whole nother reason why it's so ridiculous that he thinks that he could have any kind of a say and what's going on with her. Now, I'm not saying that if you're married and the man can tell you what to do and how to dress, I think what he said was wrong. There was nothing wrong with how she's dressed. There's not a uniform for a mom. There's nothing wrong with a mom going out, dressing, feeling sexy. Um, And to humiliate her online is completely ridiculous. But his response was like so rooted in like, well, I'm the man of the house and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't even know who this guy is. I just remembered his name. His name is Darius Dalton. <laughs> um, I wouldn't know this man if I saw him walking down the street. There's a famous quote from Miss Kiki Palmer herself. She was like, sorry to this man. I could, you know, I, I, I could see him walking down the street and I wouldn't know a thing. That's exactly how I feel about him. I know for a fact that her net worth is a lot more. He's basically, I mean, living in her house. She's pretty sure she's paying the bills. The memes and the jokes were flooding in saying he had the nerve to be in her house on her couch on her Wi-Fi, tweeting about her on Twitter, you know, in that kind of a way. And it's like the audacity. I'm not saying he's like broke or whatever, but you can just tell that he's he's kind of the kept man in this situation. And, um, you know, they're not married. And it's like, you know, what is you, what is you, you know, I don't get what he meant by I'm the head of the relationship, not household, not the not the husband, the head of the marriage, none of that. You know, you're the baby daddy. So it's kind of like pipe down, you know, <laughs> it's like pipe down. You didn't marry her even after you gave, you know, she gave you a son. I mean, and maybe they don't want to get married. I don't know their, their, their situation deeply like that. But these are just the type of things that come into light. It's like, you guys aren't even married. You haven't even committed to her. Why are you worried about the morality and, and, and the view of like what the relationship should be when you aren't really taking steps to create a strong unified unit and really be the head of that unit. So it's just, you know, and I hate that, you know, she's under the microscope in this way. Um, because like I said, she's been kind of under the radar as far as drama goes. So I just, I really hate this for her. And I don't know how, you know, they're gonna get around this because like I said, it's gotten a little bit worse. They unfollowed each other on Instagram. You know, he deleted the photos. She seems to be posting like subliminal stuff. So I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better. But, you know, I think the main thing here is just I just hope things can, you know, maintain neutral and and loving and caring enough for their son, because I think that's what's most important here. Um, But, you know, it it (laughs) the the this whole situation has uh, kind of struck a chord um, online and started a conversation about the kind of men who they, they, they date women who are successful, who are free thinking, who are self-sufficient, independent, you know, and then they end up kind of regretting it. It's like they see this, this, this spark in this woman and it draws them to her But once they're with her, they start to get insecure. They feel inferior. They feel emasculated. They they start to panic in a lot of cases, you know, and then they they start lashing out, um, acting up. And it's it's really sad to see. It's like they they want to they want like this bad quote-unquote bad bitch they want this baddie energy they want a woman who is sexy and who you know is confident but I think in some men when they actually get with this woman long term um they they just can't handle it and they start to try to dim that shine they try to you know, make her, they start projecting and they want her to feel insecure. I mean, what he did by going online and publicly, 
you know, trying to embarrass her in that way because obviously, like, he has her number. I'm sure they live together. They see each other. Like, he could have, this is definitely a private conversation they could have had, even if this is how he felt. This is something that could have been worked out between them. So him doing this was very purposeful. He knew what he was doing. He's a grown man. So, and it's almost like he was trying to punish her. I get the sense that she got dressed, (laughs) was going to go out to this concert. I'm sure it wasn't last minute. I'm sure she planned to do this to go to Vegas, obviously, because she's going to be away from her kids. So I'm sure this was already discussed. He probably saw what she was wearing. He probably said, oh, I don't like that. Don't go out like that. And, you know, the kind of getting the vibe from Kiki Palmer. I'm sure she was like, boy, bye. I'll be back you know, feed my baby. I'll be back. (laughs) And she went out anyway. And I think he lashed out and it completely backfired because nobody's, I don't, whether it's Kiki Palmer or whoever, I'm never going to be on board with a man shaming a woman that, especially one that he is with, you know, how she dresses, you know, how she is. So why are you doing this? There's been posts before of her like dancing and twerking and, she had uh, videos when she was pregnant of her in underwear showing off her baby bump and he was reposting and liking it. And, but all of a sudden you have a problem now with her wearing a sexy dress at a concert that warrants it and, you know, interacting with Usher and, you know, there's jokes obviously (laughs) about, you know, how Usher got this started and he was doing too much with her, but it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're semi peers in the industry and you know Kiki Palmer she's young like the rest of us who grew up on Usher like you would fangirl out if you saw him too so and it was just all love and just all in good fun and now there's drama surrounding it and I just think it's so unfortunate and you know I do have to point out that her baby daddy is an Aquarius man and um, he's up there with Virgo men in my opinion and I'm an Aquarius but I find the female version of the signs are just um, elite in any case um, I think more than half the signs the male counterpart is trash so I think that's just the way it goes but Aquarius is definitely up there you wouldn't catch me with one um, you know if, if I can help it so <laughs> there's that and because uh, <laughs> Kiki's a Virgo woman and I'm like obsessed with her. So I, I don't know. I could get it. You know me. I can go into the astrology stuff all day long. But I think the moral of the story here is uh, communicate with your partner. Um, you know, maybe really, really get to know someone and who they are, what they think, what they expect in relationships before you commit to them, especially before you pop a baby out for them. Um and yeah, I think that's that's word to the wise. I hope it doesn't spiral too out of control. I hope this doesn't backfire anymore. Um, I don't know what she's going to do. Because like I said, I think she's damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. If she stays with him, people are going to question why. If she breaks up with him, that's just another, you know, kid coming up in a broken home. Whether they're celebrities or not, that's just not ideal. So we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> Still love me some Kiki regardless, though. Okay, so on 4th of July, uh, my cousin Nap came over and we hung out a little bit because he went back to the East Coast this week. So we wanted to get a little more bonding time before he took off. And um, I've, this is maybe like my third time now, but I've read his tarot cards for him um, to give him like a little advice and guidance for whatever it is he's, you know, going through in that point in time. And he wanted another reading this week. And um, yeah, just kind of like re, you know, sparked my interest in it. Um, I hadn't pulled in a while on the show. So I thought I'd do a quick little, hmm, let's say three card pull for the week ahead. We are uh, right in the thick of July now. It's the second week. And let's see what messages we can pull and keep in mind over the next week. Let's ask the universe for three cards to give us a little insight clarity any messages that we can take into the week ahead 
universe thank you if you could just give me three cards let's see what we got here i feel like it might take a little while so i'm gonna pause and come back oh just kidding three came out isn't that i swear every time i do this and i'm like oh you know the universe is taking a little while she spits them out at me it's incredible okay we have the moon the four of pentacles and the death card Ooh. but we know the death card isn't bad around here all right first up we have the moon card and this card represents like your fears and your illusions and it often comes out when you're projecting those fears onto your present or your future based on what's happened to you in the past. Um, you may have some painful memories that have caused some emotional distress for you. And rather than like dealing with it, going to therapy, talking them out, you've kind of pushed them down into your subconscious. And this week, some of those things may be brought up for you. Um, you may um, find yourself kind of uh, succumbing to the weight of these things whether that's like consciously or subconsciously so just think about like I don't know if you were like in a car accident or something when you were little and maybe you just kind of like moved on like you were fine but maybe you get a little anxious um, or scared or sad whenever you get into the backseat of a car now um, you may want to acknowledge whatever it is that's kind of making you afraid making you anxious um, you know, really tap into it, tap into your subconscious minds and try to release these fears and anxieties because they could be holding you back this week. Um, the moon card and, um, when it pops up, it can kind of indicate a time of uncertainty. Um, so you may want to be careful this week of making any fast decisions, um, because, uh, this moon card can come up when, um, things aren't really as they seem. You might only have half of the information that you need to make an informed decision. So you may want to take a beat, get all the facts first, because there could be some hidden agendas, hidden intentions, hidden facts that you're not privy to. Um, so you just want to take all that into consideration. Um, you this week, I don't know, maybe you're having some mental blocks Maybe you're finding yourself lately um, uh, giving in to like negative self-talk. Maybe you're having some self-doubts. Um, this week just kind of, I feel like this card is just calling on you to um, just be kind to yourself, be gentle with yourself this week. Um, you know, we, we all have things that we are feel fearful of. We all have baggage, emotional and otherwise, but try not to succumb to it this week. I love that the moon card is coming up because actually on the 17th, I believe that's Sunday, we have a new moon and cancer popping up and this particular uh moon well when this moon is in this sign it's um pretty powerful because the moon rules cancer so um you know when this new moon comes comes around it calls for a lot of self-reflection and caring for your inner self um and now so when this moon pops up on sunday you could find it pretty emotionally satisfying um, you may retreat into your shell a little bit to get in tune with your needs, but I think it could be really, really beneficial. So I love that this is popping up right before this next moon phase. <laughs> All right, next up, we have the Four of Pentacles. And this card, this is uh, kind of calling on you or us, I should say, to examine our relationship with money. And it's most like positive meaning this card um, it suggests that maybe, you know, we have been creating a little bit of wealth and abundance for ourselves. Maybe um, some of you guys have been 
really hitting your savings goals. Maybe you've been, you know, you've been working on a promotion that you're right on the cusp of that includes having more money. Um, maybe, uh, you've just been a little more conservative with your spending and you've been able to pocket a little more extra change every month. Um, this card can mean that, you know, you're being more focused on your long-term financial security, saving actively, watching your expenses closely, um, setting yourself up uh, to accumulate more wealth and live more comfortably um, now and then in the future. Uh, maybe been working on a savings plan, family budget, uh, thinking about retirement, investing. Uh, maybe these are things that have been on your mind lately. This is a card that's just letting you know that you're on the right track. Now, on the flip side, <laughs> um, this card can represent a scarcity mindset. So what that means is, um, you know, you're kind of holding really, really tight onto your money and really holding those uh, purse strings really tightly because you're afraid that if you spend it, it's just going to be gone. Um, you know, you're not really spending it on anything. You know, you're not spending you know, using it to live a more comfortable lifestyle. You're not, you know, uh, treating yourself ever, you know, something fun, a social occasion, travel, um, little gifts for yourself. You know, maybe you're just, you know, just working, 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 stockpiling your money. Like it's good to save, but you don't want to do that at the risk of like, you know, enjoying life as well, because you can't take that money with you when you go. And, you know, I think it's okay to be a little looser with your spending um, and just have a little bit of a balance there. Um, you don't want to, you know, make money the root of everything um, because, you know, your happiness and your well-being is much more important than that. So keep that in mind. Um, maybe you have been placing a little too much value on money and material possessions. Maybe you're really attached to your things and, you know, the way the world views you as far as, you know, those material things go. Maybe you're attaching a little bit of your self-worth to your money and what you earn and, and how you show up in the world. Um, this could be a card to just remind you that, <laughs> you know, it, it's not, it's, it's, it's not always about what you have and how much money you, you earn and what kind of car you drive or how expensive your clothes are or where you travel and, you know, you're doing all this for the gram. Like none of that is important, you know? Um, and you'll run yourself into the ground trying to keep up with the Joneses. So be mindful. Lastly, we have the death card. And I learned very early on that the death card is not like they show it in the movies and the TV shows. It's not some scary thing that you're just going to kill over or someone you love is going to kill over. Um, it's really a card um, that's really misunderstood. But really, this card just symbolizes the end of a major phase or an aspect of your life that um, you're going to realize is no longer serving you. And once you remove that, it opens up the possibility um, of something far more valuable and essential coming into your life. It's like closing one door to open up another, putting the past, excuse me, behind you, um, parting ways with the old and getting ready to embrace the new uh, opportunities and possibilities in your life. And it can be really difficult, it can be hard, um, but um, you'll see the, the importance and the promise of uh, transformation that's to come. Um, and if you resist these necessary, necessary changes and these endings, um, you know, it, it can be pretty painful, but you really should allow um, for more constructive patterns to, to emerge from, from the chaos of it all. The death card can also uh, be a sign that you need to let uh, learn to let go of unhealthy attachments in your life to pave way to a uh, fuller, more fulfilled life of deeper meaning, you know, and bring a little bit more significance to your life. Um, death teaches you to let go of um, 
outgrown, outdated, outworn ways of life uh, to move forward from them. This is a perfect card this week and just in general to break bad habits or a bad pattern of behavior. Um, you can see this as a time to cut out any excess, let go of what's unnecessary in your life, you know, do do inventory control um, of your life. Take stock, purge the old. It could be your belongings um, or even your memories, you know, or, or baggage, anything that's getting in your way. Chuck it. Okay. Chuck it. Be reborn. Death to all of them. <laughs> Have you guys seen that Wendy Williams? I'm sorry. <laughs> this is Wendy Williams episode. It's so bad when she was talking about Britney Spears and how shitty her parents treated her. And Wendy Williams really got beside herself. She was like, yeah, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Spears. She was like, I can't believe you guys would do that to Britney. And she was like, death to all of them. And she shocked herself with what she said. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is an hour episode. This is my first hour long podcast. And I'm like at 59 minutes, 54 seconds. I want to make it to a complete hour before I sign off. Two, one, boom. We have hit an hour. Wasn't trying to, but I guess I just had a lot to say after skipping that week. So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I have every intention of being back next week. So I hope you guys mark it down to be back with me. Bye. Hey guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. Now there's a new episode every Sunday, so be sure to come on back for another round of Vodka Melonade. Bye.